Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. Today's Old Testament lesson uh, reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 1 through 6. In this time where I think we're all in the wilderness in one way or another, some feeling, some feeling deeper in the wilderness than others, the message of hope found in today's passage is especially meaningful and uplifting. Listen now for God's promises to his exiled people upon their joyful return from the wilderness. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and, I shall be, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when sentinels will call in the hill country of Ephraim. Come, let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. Friends, please know this. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament lesson is from Matthew's Gospel, the last chapter, the first 10 verses. Listen now for this word of God. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he's been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It seems like we've all had enough of the coronavirus. And while that sounds a bit sarcastic, we are exhausted from it. Not to mention the exhaustion of the first responders and all the medical personnel that have attended to us. We've read and seen and anguished over the developments around the world and in this country and even in our own city. We're overwhelmed and wonder if we can take it anymore. 
Last Monday, the news came that in the next two weeks, we'd probably see more deaths from this virus than we had seen to date. It was a very eerie forecast. And it made me stop to wonder, would it be me? Would it be a member of my family? Would it be a good friend? And then I realized that announcement of all the deaths pending came at the beginning of Holy Week, the most sacred week of the Christian year, the high point of our faith, the week that we all anticipate so much as we celebrate the victory that Christ had over death and our gift of eternal life. We began the week in fear and anxiety and dread about this virus. How could we possibly end the week in celebration, especially with all the stay-at-home orders? And then it dawned on me. The announcement at the first of this week about all the deaths is really how Easter began. We began in anguish and fear and distress. We come to the tomb of Jesus with dread and grief and being overwhelmed. At least, that's what the women did. As an aside, I think it's fascinating in the male-dominated culture of Palestine, don't you find it interesting that it was women who bravely went to the tomb on Sunday morning? Where were all the male disciples? No one knew where they were because they were hiding. They were scared for their lives. But just to be clear, these women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, could have easily been arrested and been crucified as well. But they were brave to venture out to see their Lord. So the women came to the tomb. They came, of course, with grief and sorrow and worry. They had just lost the hope of their lives. So they only could expect the worst. Yet they came instead to pay respects to Jesus and to continue their grieving process. But alas, things started to happen. An earthquake suddenly occurred. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven. The guards were so shaken they looked like dead men. Incredible scary and disturbing events for these women who had just come to pay respect and honor to Jesus. There they probably stood frozen in their tracks and even more frightened. And then this angel had the nerve to say to them, do not be afraid. Who in their right mind in that setting would have heard such a comment? Who in their right mind in that setting, would have believed such a comment? Who in their right mind could have possibly lived out such a comment? Yet, that was the word, and I believe that is the word. Do not be afraid. Fear not. That is our word on this Easter Sunday morning. And it's a fitting word because Jesus Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. In some ways, what more does one need? What other word could be more appropriate? What other word would be a better word of salvation that makes us whole? What else 
could we say to one another in times of anguish and grief except do not be afraid. And the only reason we could possibly muster these words is because Jesus is not here. As the angel declared, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has been raised. Come see the place where he lay. Proof positive that he's alive. He's not here. Proof positive that he's alive, for he no longer is laying on the stone. Proof positive that the stone had not been rolled back beforehand, for Jesus didn't need to have the stone moved. He is resurrected. What more evidence do you need? What more evidence do we need? He's not held down by the grave. The grave does not contain him. He beat death and destroyed it once and all for all of us. In a sermon by Martin Luther he, on the resurrection, Luther echoed the words from the Apostles' Creed, he descended into hell. And Luther said, Jesus went to hell and defeated Satan and freed all the people that were trapped there. He finished off the last enemy, Satan and death. It is incredible. It is unbelievable. But that's just God. And that's God's desire for God's creation, that all would be saved, that all would be set free, that all would be complete, that all would not be afraid so that they could live life and live it fully. Now the women, as well as us, had mixed feelings, according to the Scripture. Scripture tells us they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. They were afraid, and yet they were ecstatic with joy. And it seems to me that's what resurrection is, and that's what resurrection does for us. It causes us to have mixed emotions. Fearful... What does it really mean for my life? Will I allow this resurrection to impact how I live and how I act? But joyful because we see new possibilities for life and what life could really be. Am I open to the possibilities God has in store for me? The message of resurrection comes down to trust. We in the Christian faith call it faith. Do I have faith that the resurrection is really for me? Or is this just another annual spring ritual we go through, moving from the doldrums of winter to the new life in the spring? Will I allow the Easter message to make a difference in my life? Or is it just another holiday to celebrate like New Year's and Memorial Day and Thanksgiving? You see, I think many of us find ourselves in our own tombs. The big bad stone is blocking the light to our future. We find it comfortable to reside in that spot. We see no need to change. It's just life. I've made my bed and I need to lie in it. The tomb of feeling lonely and isolated. The tomb of insecurity about myself and my future the tomb of an abusive relationship, the tomb of the separation from my children because of differences, 
the tomb of spiritual hunger and wanting a deeper relationship with Christ, the tomb of life just being ho-hum, the tomb of fretting about my financial status and its future, the tomb of the cancer that I have and deal with. Whatever tomb you find yourself in, that stone, that blockage, that obstacle that holds you back has been rolled away through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is no longer a valid excuse. It no longer binds you. It is no longer your alibi. Christ is risen. And his resurrection causes us to have mixed emotions. We're fearful of confronting our tomb Just like the women when they learned of Jesus being raised, we're not sure what to do about life being different and being possible. And yet, and yet there's a twinge of joy. There's a glimmer that life could be different. There's a possibility that change can occur. So it is with these mixed emotions we begin to move away from our tomb, not sure where we're going but seeking and searching where to go, and we run smack dab into Jesus, just like the women did. For there he is, greeting us, showing us the way, and declaring once more, do not be afraid. Go and tell. So permission has been granted for us to leave our tombs. Permission has been granted for us to seek a new day. Permission has been granted for us to seek a new future. And permission has even been granted for us to seek a new you. Because Jesus is resurrected. That's the meaning of Easter. What better gift could you want? For God has kept God's promises for us. God is trustworthy. And God is there only for you and for me. So may this Easter, with all the worries and the fears, all the anxieties and all the viruses and all the personal heartaches, may we hear once more the good news. Do not be afraid. Christ is risen. Let us pray. Indeed, O God, we give you thanks and praise for this incredible good news that you are resurrected that death does not have the final say, that life is abundant for us because of what you've done for us. Help us, O God, to have the fear and the joy and to live out that new life for Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.